All right. We're on. We're live, Pat. Oh, cool. Um, special Always. edition. So you're not going to fix the internet? Man, let's just roll with it. All right, cool. All right, let's go. I mean, I just won't be able to hear like half of what Pat says. We'll improvise. Is he going to sound like that? He'll be like, you, you hear about 80%. 90%. That sounds great to me. Yeah, uh, thanks. I mean, Pat's got a great uh, voice, but... Yeah, listen, you no, his connection. His connection is better than, than, your, than Enrique and Julia's, to me. Ooh, so it might be us. All right, so go ahead, Pat. All right. Special edition, what we rolled last night. I guess let's just jump right into it in introductions. Um, I'll, I'll start the introductions on Pat. When playing D&D, I'm Macaulay Underhill and or Mr. Bob Dabalina. I'm either a dragonborn paladin or a halfling ranger. So, yeah. That's the nerdiest uh, thing I've ever said. So are we introducing ourselves as like characters that we want to be? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Even if you don't have one, just wing it and we'll, we'll workshop it later. All right, so you want to go first or you want me to go? No, because I don't know what any of that is. Well, neither do I. I'm just going to make something up. So, I've, uh, I've been told that I look like I play Dungeons & Dragons. I don't know what that means. You should take oh. offense to that. Yeah, a lot of people have approached me and they were like, hey, do you want to come over and join my campaign? And I'm like, what do I look like? Well, um, I did think about it today a little bit. Uh, I'm Enrique. And I am either a conniving backstabber that can sing songs. You said I So like a, a bard. Oh, yeah, there was a second one. Or I'm just like um just like a um as Pat said, a tank. Just a regular human that just likes to punch walls and um you usually ask me to go ahead and, and battle and that's what they call, right, Pat Tanks? Well, I mean you would be that would be like a barbarian. Barbarian, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, barbarian. Yeah. Tanks is or like, like a, a fighter. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm I either wanna be like a conniving backstabber that's like a little weasel, or I just wanna be a barbarian. Like just straight up barbarian. They just, hey, man, we got a battle. I'm like, okay, I just strap my boots and go punch a couple people, come back, drink some water, go to sleep. And I guess, I don't know, you can come up with something off the fly. I don't I don't have anything. I'm Julia. I don't play Dungeons & Dragons yet. I don't know anything about this. I, I don't want my character to be ugly. Can a character wear a cardigan? Yeah. Pat? I don't know. Um, maybe? Maybe like there, a there's a thing. All right, so you can, yeah, you and you guys can help us build. I, 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 I actually wanted to. Well, Pat mentioned when Pat started playing. Actually, when Pat got involved in D and D, I he asked me if I want to do it. And I was really interested because our our neighbor upstairs, Tom, Tom used to do. Tom, well, I don't know if he still does it, but Tom was a LARPer, and it just seemed so fascinating to me. But I just I don't have the the time because I usually get home really late, either as soon as they get done or like way after they get done. Uh, so I am interested. So I, I would like to know a lot about this. I'm also interested in a lot of stuff. So I'm excited about this. All right. So sorry. So right. go ahead. Um, Ch- Chip, uh, feel free to introduce yourself and the character you play as. 
Oh, cool. Hi, I'm Chip. I wasn't sure what the deal was. I didn't know if you were going yeah. to introduce me or if I was supposed to just go. I, but. I should have done a more like the, theatrical introduction, but... <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I'm Chip. Uh, I play in a couple of different games. In one game, I am a, uh, a halfling paladin. It's a dex paladin named Shortstack Stevens. And in another game, I play a dungeon lawyer, which is not really a thing. He's really a sorcerer and a warlock, but I am playing him as a lawyer. What made you want to play him as a lawyer? There's a thing in Dungeons & Dragons called a rules lawyer, which is somebody who, like, instead of just playing the game like the fun way, wants to get deep into, like, well, actually, uh, in this case, I think I can cast that spell. Uh, and I, I thought it'd be funny to just be like a dungeon lawyer, because that's not really a thing. That, that could be pretty funny. It could also like piss a lot of people off. I don't know, depending on um, the, the group of people you play with. I do not play it as a rules lawyer. It's just a, oh. it, it started off as a joke, but now he, I just play him as a lawyer. So like all my catchphrases and stuff are legal based and I'm the one who like writes the contracts and I pick my spells and things to, to go along with what a lawyer might do who has magic for no reason. He's a kind of sorcerer called a wild magic sorcerer, which means that he has no like explanation for why he can do magic. He doesn't, he didn't learn it. It's not because he has like uh, some kind of certain bloodline that gives him magic or something. It's just, just random. So it seemed to fit the character for me. Yeah. When did you start playing D and D? Like what, what drove you to it too? Uh, I started, I didn't start that long ago. I'm like I'm old enough to have played in like the super early versions of it, I think, but I did not. I didn't start until like probably 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. I was friends with a bartender who played and he told me of an open game at a bar in South Philly where anybody could show up and just give it a try. And I did that and it was pretty fun. Was that the sardine bar? Yep. Do they still do that? I don't know. It all shut down for some reason in 2020. I don't know if it ever came back. Yeah, another thing COVID has taken from us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what sorry, was not, not to interrupt. No, no, uh, go, interrupt. So, Chip, do you you still play now, right? I'm assuming it's like virtually? Yep, I do. So, how either, I don't want to say how much better is it in person, because I don't know if it's like necessarily... I'm, I'm going to assume it's better in person. So I'm going to ask the question as how much better is it in person and virtually, or can you kind of like describe the differences between like meeting up with people, like the whole gathering social aspect of it versus having to do it virtually? Cause I know Pat does it virtually and I don't know if he's ever done it in person, but like as someone who did do it in person and virtually, like, can you kind of like yeah. let us know what's, Kind of like the, I guess, differences in, in, in both of them. Sure. I don't I don't know that one is necessarily better. I bet it depends on the person. I think they both have their upsides. Uh, in person, you obviously get all of the all of the benefits of being in the same place at the same time. Like you can just glance at each other. Sometimes like you don't know like when it's your turn to talk or you can't tell like if somebody's being sarcastic or something if it's online. And in person, you get all those little cues. In person, you get to play with physical objects like you roll real dice and you have like a little character that you move around a map and stuff so that can be fun 
there's just the normal social aspect of hanging out with other humans. That's all cool. Things I like about the online version are uh, you don't have to do as much math. When you get to be a high-level character and you get some like pretty cool powers and stuff, sometimes like the way that is expressed in Dungeons & Dragons, like if you get way better at using your sword, you essentially roll more dice to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. And I, I am not that good at arithmetic i found out like i just i don't want to roll seven dice and add them up like i'm not i'm not good at it i feel like pressure right i like the fact that the math is done for you online uh the character sheets are are easier to use for me online because like you know there's all these statistics about your character and you have all these things you you can do and you keep getting more all the time like you find a magic item and it it lets you do a new cool trick or you like advance in your level and you get new skills and like just remembering all of them and keeping track of them on paper while staying in the moment was like a little hard for me in person uh, online. Like it, it just shows up and you, it, you can just see a big list of like, here's literally everything you can do, press the button and do it. And it just does it. That's interesting. So online, so online seems like they, they added stuff. They added things to make it, I guess more pleasurable because I, I, I can, I can see the social aspect of it being like a lot of fun meeting up with people, especially when you get, you know, especially as you get older, it's kind of tougher to see people. People are busier, people are moving, people, this people, that. So I, I can understand that, but like, it's, it's interesting that they make it a little easier to do online, to make it more like attractive to do online. Cause I, I would, I would assume a lot of people, I guess, originally probably were a little bummed out about having to do it online. And, and it's interesting that they make it to where it's actually enjoyable online also. Yeah. I, did, yeah, I, I think everyone's it. different. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I just, I didn't realize that there was like an online, is it like a specific website you use? <laughs> Roll 20. <laughs> Roll 20 is the big one. There are a couple of competitors of Roll 20, but that's what most people use because it's free. Right. So I guess it's like a third party website. So like we we've talked about when like having live campaigns, but like bringing laptops to, you know, like have like a hybrid. Like we're there in person, but like we're we're doing the things like kind of online, to like at least with character sheets, just to make it easier for that. Because like when Chip said, like yeah, like it can it's hard keeping track of all the stuff that you have and do and can do, and it's like you might have a, like a, a series of specific like skills and just forget about them. <laughs> or you roll them wrong. Like, yeah, you have some magic thing that should let you roll two dice and you like, forget about that. And you just roll one. Whereas if it was like equipped in the online version, it would just roll it for you whenever you did that thing. Yeah. And I mean, and like in a, in, in a like intense battle, that could be life and death. I, I, I want to say as far as like the online goes, the big thing for me is like we are able to play more often because of it. Cause like there's times that like I, I would get out of work 20 minutes before and like I walk in the door and all I have to do is like boot up roll 20. And that that's super easy as opposed to like going to a place or a person's house that like I wouldn't have been able to get to. Yeah, that makes sense. So like that, that's like very attractive that and having friends that like are, are in different parts of the country that want to, that are part of the campaign. 
I was gonna say, Chip, what what for you makes a good campaign? If you were to like put some of the pieces from past campaigns, what what makes it like good for for you? There are a couple different things, and it it can go different ways. I don't I don't think there's like one right way. I have played some campaigns where, like, the campaign itself was really interesting. the The world that the DM created was really cool, and like the the problems that your characters are trying to solve are really cool, and like the way the DM runs it where they might give you like a lot of autonomy to do stuff, but, but you still have an idea of what the quest is. So you're not feeling lost, uh, but you don't feel railroaded either. Like all of that stuff is really cool. And then I've also played other games that like, didn't really have any of that. Like the story was kind of dumb, but I was playing with like a bunch of funny people and we were kind of just doing it as a joke and we're just doing ridiculous things and like seeing what the dice tell you. That's also fine. Like it just depends on what you're into. I think when it's like a group tor- storytelling thing, like that can be some of the best for me. But I'm I'm cool with like a dumb one-off too. Yeah, no, I I love a good dumb one. Like there was one about like you're like a bear at uh, the honey pot and like you're stealing honey and um oh, it yeah. was like such it was such a dumb one-off, but it was so much fun and um for some reason the only map like that Brian um who listens could find was like of like the Philadelphia convention center. So essentially it's like a bunch of bears in Philly just trying to steal like honey. And, and like, that was like so much fun. And um, yeah, that's, that's honey heist. That's a great game. Yeah. Honey heist was great for Enrique and Julia. That is not D and D that's like a different role-playing game, but uh, also super fun. I know there's, I know there's a few of them. I don't know them. So growing up, I didn't, I didn't get exposed to this growing up. There was there was a when I say a small group I mean maybe one or two kids that I knew that played this so like I have uh, I have trouble with board games for some reason I can't grasp the concept of a lot of board games I was always interested because I love storytelling I always love storytelling I love movies and everything and I know this is basically it's that but in in your versions you know like you make the story you you're the hero. And like I never was exposed to this, so like I don't know. I always wonder because there are you. You mentioned there are similar things to Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, there's a ton of them. So is this one? Is it more fun than the others, or is it just more popular? D and D. Yeah, like is D and D easier to play, or is it just more popular? Uh, I mean, best is totally subjective. It it's definitely the OG. And in the the most recent version of it, which is what you'll often hear called 5e, which stands for the fifth edition, mm-hmm. um, they put a lot of effort in fifth edition into making it accessible. They made it so that you don't need to know 200 stats on day one to get going with it, to try to like attract more people to it. And I think they were really successful in that. Like you. You can start a game and not know all the lore and all the like what all the numbers mean and what all the dice do. And mm-hmm. you can kind of like get into it more easily. I haven't played a ton of other RPGs. These are called like tabletop RPGs in general. Mm-hmm. I haven't played a ton of them, so I don't have much to compare it to. But I know that for whatever reason, this version did become popular. So it's often easier to find a game or to find a group of people who already kind of know the rules so that you can like you have an opportunity to play it more. So I just remembered this, but my high school actually had like a, it was called Strategy Club, but there was an after school club just for playing like tabletop role-playing games. 
and it was ran by my art teacher. So I've been around a lot of people that played like D&D and I, well, I think they mostly played magic in that club, but they played like different strategy games. And I would always be like in the art room after school working on like art projects and I would like overhear them. But my art teacher in high school, he also made his own like strategy game. I don't remember what it was called, but one of our art projects was to like design like cards for it. That sounds like and fun. characters. Yeah. That's cool. That's either really cool or like the game could have been terrible and like that's just like a, a teacher getting free labor. But the concept of it is awesome, so Yeah, I mean the um, character art design was super cool. Um, nice. I, I'm and, and like I'm super interested because like they have like different the different tabletop games of like in the like Lord of the Rings universe or the Star Wars universe and I've always been like I'm always tempted to just buy like the starter like the starter pack for um, the Star Wars one and then just like put together a team and at least try to play it I'm I'm always like a little bit away from doing that it's something that's been bought like. Every time and every time I'm in a game shop, I see it, and it's like I, I need to get it because I think it would be fun. It might be. Who knows? Chip. So like, I want to get back into like talking about like campaign wise, just because like when 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 like you like because like the lore can get so confusing. Do you think like that that is like a turnoff for it or like? Uh, it can be. I I think a lot of that depends on the the DM and like the group of people you're playing with all know who they're playing with. You know, it, I, I do not DM, but if I were to DM and I had a bunch of people who I knew were new to it, I wouldn't just be like throwing around references to fair rune and Neverwinter Like they knew what that meant unless I was doing it like specifically to be evasive, but I, I wouldn't like expect them to know anything. And I think it's kind of like up to the table to, to help people along with that stuff. And you can even find in-game reasons. Like you could just say like my character had amnesia and I don't remember anything from this world. So I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. And sometimes like you just have to find like a, a reason to, to be able to ask those questions and, and learn the lore as you go. That's right. And, and I want to say, cause like, because of the, the I guess free flowing structure. And I think like this is like, that's where it becomes intimidating for people to start. Cause it's like, this isn't like Monopoly where the board is set and like it can go in only like one way. No offense to like hardcore Monopoly people. You know, there's only like so many ways Monopoly goes. Like D&D can go in any direction and like it is like a big task on the the, the DM like push the story. But like really like if you have a group of adventurers and they just want to investigate and talk to people like. You know, like, I, do, do you think that um, the, the free-flowing nature of it is kind of also, like, could be a drawback? Or, or what drawbacks do you think keep people from, like, interesting in, like, interest in, like, games like this? Uh, I mean, for me, that's a, that's a huge selling point. I think if somebody thought that was a drawback, which is, like, totally a legit opinion, but maybe tabletop RPGs aren't for you. Because I think they're all, to some extent, like, open-ended. Or at least, at least the mainstream ones that I'm aware of are are made to be like it's like a video game but you're not limited to like the four buttons that the programmers gave you or the you know five things that you can say to a townsperson like you can literally do anything you can just walk up to people and like have a conversation with them or try to seduce them or stab them or whatever you want and it's up to like the dm and the table to set consequences and boundaries and stuff to like 
reward or punish that behavior, but uh, the open-ended nature of it is cool to me. I think some of the bigger downsides are that like to, to really get into a campaign, you might be committing three hours a week, every week, and you got to find a group of people who are also willing to commit three hours a week, every week, or like sometimes the campaign just doesn't go anywhere. Uh, Cause you're like missing weeks or somebody's out and somebody's trying to cover for them, but it's weird. And the, the hardest part to me is like getting the people in the same place at the same time to play. And like that, that's like, was, we were really lucky starting our campaign in like peak of COVID when everyone had free time. So like we're established enough to, you know, taking off weeks isn't like the worst thing. As long as we play like two, three times a month, everyone's good. Yeah. And again, I'm sure it depends on like the group, but uh, if there, if there was like a cool quest and you wanted to get it, like you wanted to finish the game and you're only playing like once a month for a couple hours or something, it can take you so long and you, or you never level up and your character like never grows. And some of that lack of progression can be annoying to me personally. I'm I'm out of like game questions. I wanted to get, get like, Enrique and Julia, do you have any like physical like game questions for Chip? Physical. What was like, it? I want to ask about like I was going to talk to him about like the pop culture aspect of D and D. I mean, no, like not, no, no. So, I don't have I don't have any questions on any of the stuff we were just talking about. So, like Chip, did you see that at least the trailer for the new D and D movie? Kind of. I've I've seen a few scenes <laughs> from it. Well, I, I guess I would say like. You know, like between like that, Stranger Things, you know, there's a lot of like D and D in in um pop culture, and I wanted to get your take on both of them, um, because one, they're very radically different. Um, the movie being actually in the universe, and like Stranger Things is this weird like blend of like kids playing the game and then it like coming to life. Um, so like. I'll start with the movie. Like one, do you think it's possible to make a D and D based movie like good? I mean, anything's possible. I thought the one that just came out was trash. Um, I hated it, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. I just I don't like the angle that they came from. I thought it was funny. Well, I I also acknowledge like that movie was just not made for me, like literally at all. I don't really like comedy. I don't like fantasy things that are like anachronistic. I don't like any of that. And I also don't play D&D to start with. So the movie just wasn't for me. I, I didn't like it, but I don't, I'm sure there could be like a better movie. I, I thought the movie was, so I went into the movie as someone who's never played D&D and someone who doesn't have much D&D experience. I went into the movie as I just want to watch a movie. And this happens to be a movie about something that I know a little bit about. And it happens to be a movie that looked like it was going to be silly and goofy. So I didn't need to go into that movie kind of like needing to know anything. You kind of can just go in. Because I know I know Pat was a little upset about some of the stuff in the movie. But Pat knows about D&D. He knows the lore. He knows how the game works. And I know he was upset that like... It, it, it also wasn't really... Long. It was really silly. Right, but I mean, and I liked it, and hey, I, I, I don't know. But that's the thing too about so. Here's one of the issues you have with, and it's 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 the whole Star Wars back and forth. Like you have those like super pro 
original trilogy, anti everything else. You have the people who are like, don't. You have people like me who I just don't care if it. Like I'll just watch it because I like it because I remember it as a kid and I really enjoyed it. So like I'm just gonna watch it regardless. I don't look into plot holes and stuff because then I'm just gonna hate it. You know I don't need to analyze it. So. I know, like, there's people like that who went into D&D. Like, I'm not going to analyze it. I know it's probably not accurate, but I'm not going to analyze it because if I start to analyze it, I know I'm going to hate it. But then you have people who, and it's not a bad thing that Pat, like, analyzed it and stuff and brought stuff up, but you can't, like, I don't know if Pat will ever enjoy a movie unless it's super accurate, like a D&D movie, because it, it's, it's something that... It, you can make for people that don't know anything about. I don't know if you can make this movie for people that do know D and D. I was gonna say, Chip, you might be just completely lost because, like, you haven't seen it. Yeah, I thought you all were like bringing me in before you saw it to get background. But e- either way, uh, like one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that my person, the, the way that I play D and don't care about that lore. Like there, there is a world that the creators of D&D created for you to play in. That's the world of Faerun. Um, one of the games I play in happens to be in that world, but we don't, we're basically using it for the map. The other game I play in isn't even in that world because D&D can be taken as like just a set of mechanics. It's just the rules for like what happens if you are this type of person and you try to do this type of activity. And the world you're in doesn't matter. And like whether or not dragons are good or bad in that world doesn't matter. And like what color they are or whatever. So I don't, the, the movie holds little effect. Like I, I'm probably not going to say it or at least not until I can watch it on Netflix or whatever, because uh, I don't care about that world. I don't have any nostalgia for it. Most of the fan service will be lost on me. I would watch it if it was just like a great action movie, but I've heard kind of mixed reviews. So it's, it's a silly action movie. I think it's worth a watch, but I think the waiting is the best thing. Like, I, I had fun watching it, and I think it's, like, silly. I don't like Chris Pine that much. Mm. I also I also didn't know really who he was until this movie. So, like, that that was like, oh, it's that guy. I'm not, I'm not a great big fan of him. But it was, it's a, it's a, at least in my opinion, it was fun, you know. What, what, did you see Stranger Things? I did. What are your views on Stranger Things and the use of like D and D in in that? I thought it was cool when Stranger Things came out. I don't think I knew enough D and D lore to know that they were even referencing real things, though, because I like, I didn't play it as a kid, and I I thought they made up Demogorgon because that seems like such a silly name. So I I didn't realize that that they were like banking on real things. By the later seasons of it, I had like my lore knowledge had exceeded like the threshold of the show, and I started to say like, "Oh, that's Vecna," or whatever. Yeah, I I thought that was really well done, but again, I liked it because it was like inherently a good show to me, not because it had D and D in it. Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things is just a good show. Yeah, I and I think it's really cool. I I just I like the juxtaposition of like you have kids hanging out having fun playing the game, rolling some dice, and then, like, it's, like, happening in real life. I like that, like, duality. Again, I I don't have any knowledge on D&D, or at least compared to you guys, but 
I'm curious because I like I said I I, I saw Stranger Things because it was on TV and I'm like oh wow this show's actually this show's actually really good. So do you think in the well no because then again I guess the show's kind of old now so like did you think it would have it would be such a I don't want to say iconic show because it's not really like an iconic show but do you think it would be such oh no I think it is I mean it's not iconic are are, are you going to say it was iconic. To a younger generation, I would say it is. It has, like, a... That might be a conversation for another time, but, like, the amount of Stranger Things, like, paraphernalia and references I encounter on a daily basis, I would say, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then maybe I'll keep the word iconic. Like, did you think it would be such an iconic show? Did you think it would be... When you saw it and realized that it was D&D, like, did you guys think, oh, this show is going to blow up? Or was like, oh, I don't know if people are really going to know about it. I think it was so good that it didn't, like, it was so good and it played on, like, you know what, you needed nerds in this. I don't know. I think it was just so good, like, as far as, like, written and character development that it didn't matter that, that it was D&D. It could have been anything. Yeah, I agree. It was just, it's just the fact that it's a good show. It's, like, very well done. Yeah. It's got the right kind of, like, scary and mysterious and otherworldly. I, I don't know. I thought it was good, like, regardless of the D&D connection. Yeah, I I mean I watched it honestly because they said it was like a horror show, and then I realized it was D and D, and I said, "Oh, this is pretty cool because I know like the basic concept of D and D." So I said, oh, "Okay, cool." So they came to life. They're coming to life. Okay, so it's it's like to me it reminded me of like Jumanji. You know, it coming to life. You don't believe it. People don't like. People are gonna be like, "What do you mean? There's a another wow. world?" You know. So like that. That's why. That's why I saw because I heard it was hard, and then I kept seeing it because I'm like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. They're making that world that they're playing in real. And I mean, also the directing is amazing, and the acting from the kids is really good. So I mean, that that helped it out a lot too. I think. But I think I actually didn't know for a long time that Stranger Things was like based on D and D. As a non-D&D fan, I really like Stranger Things, and I really like the approach that they took to it, but I definitely didn't find out until, like, a while later, probably even, like, more recently, that it was all, like, based on D&D. Yeah, you don't need to know D&D to get it, to get that show. It's it's self-contained enough. It's really good. So does yeah. knowing D&D make that show better? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Does like knowing the Ghostbusters make their Halloween costumes better? Like, make well, it let you get that I, one with yes, joke. yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if someone's dressed up as good, like, because then you just look like Trashman. True. And there's nothing wrong with dressing up like Trashman. That's like a really funny like joke, but I don't know. I mean, look at Oscar. You know, the Grouch. Yeah. <laughs> you must love it. People dressing up as Trashman. Because he, he lives in trash. He's got to love it. He's like, these are my people. That's his house. He probably hates it. <laughs> yeah, but that's them cleaning out his house. Think about it. He's got a messy house. Trashmen come. They throw his trash out. And they just cleaned his house for free. It's like having a free maid that the city pays. Anyways. I, no, I was just curious. I was just curious to see. If, <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious to see if, like, understanding... I guess the world of D and D would that make that show better? I know watching. Uh, I can talk Star Wars because I just saw. Like, I I saw earlier. I was watching different things, and like the new shows that they bring out, or like the new 
superhero shows that they bring out or stuff that they use to what that say something? Oh, my bad. The, the the shows are something that they like bring out. For example, like for example, The Mandalorian. It's a great show, and you really don't have to know anything about Star Wars. Same thing. Like I would describe to people about a Rogue One. Like you don't. You didn't really need to know anything about it. I mean, it it helps with like Easter eggs and it helps with, you know, if you just want to have that nostalgic feeling or if you want to say, oh, my God, I heard Captain Sindula and I watched the animated uh, shows. I know who that is. Like besides that, there's you know, you don't need to watch it. So I was just wondering if like Stranger Things was it that same thing where like you really don't need to know it like you can still enjoy like you don't enjoy it more knowing it i guess that's what i was asking sorry i think it's very similar to as you described with like the mandalorian like there are going to be easter eggs there's going to be like one or two jokes over the course of a season that you wouldn't have got otherwise unless you knew all the backstory mm-hmm. but it's not essential to enjoying the show right yeah that's that's what I, and it's it's interesting too because I would assume you put in these little Easter leg Easter <laughs> Easter eggs and these little hints to kind of attract the actual fans. But I, I like it, it's fascinating to me that you can attract a fan that feels like there's never any material for me, and then boom, this show comes out and it's like this is I like this. Like it's fascinating that you can do that and then also attract the people that just they've never ever they probably don't even know what it is. They probably thought it was just like, I don't know, something people just talked about. They probably just didn't know it existed. And the fact that you can attract both fans equally to where it's just like one great show. Yeah. If if it is a great show. Like apparently the D and D movie was not. No. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not going to have that staying power as Stranger Things. You're saying it doesn't have the same staying power? No. I feel like D and D was always pretty popular. No, no, I meant the D and D movie that just came out. Like movie, movie, the movie makes so much more sense. I was like, everyone plays D and D. Maybe that's just the people I hang out with. But like, I I love Michelle Rodriguez so. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that was an Oscar-worthy movie because she was in it. <laughs> I also love Michelle Rodriguez. F- fun fact, in the movie D&D, they make fun of her for being in the Fast and Furious movies by consistently bringing up the word family. And they make her cringe during that. Like, she cringes during that. I don't know. I just <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. That, that was a good Easter egg for all the Fast and Furious fans going to see D&D the movie. That also is like a Vin Diesel joke because Vin Diesel loves D&D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might have been just for him. I wonder what he thinks about it. That's the funny thing that, you know, you, you don't need to know Fast and Furious, you know, to... to that, sorry, I, I think I got a concussion earlier, so don't mind me if I start going... Off the rails. Never mind. Go ahead, Pat. You can. All right. We'll we'll wrap this up with um. I don't know if even if we have enough time, but Chip, if you've got time, if you could guide those two into some character selection, maybe go through like how you build your characters. I would love to at least start them with a character's 
building them like a character, at least, um, you know, finding out like the uh, race of the character class. And then um, we'll, we'll do roles later and maybe one day on an all um, do a, a one-off episode where I'll DM and the three of you could play. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm often, uh, if I have a choice, I'll be like the last one to pick the character class because I want there to be a balanced party. I want the party to like not be all bards. Although if you're going to be all something, maybe bards is one of the better choices. But if I know that there's already like a beefy fighter and a wizard and a cleric, like I'll pick something oddball. Or if I know that we're missing uh, a magic user or a, or a tank, like I'll, I'll tend to try to fill in the gaps because I want there to be, I, I want the, the team to be well-rounded and be able to solve a lot of problems and be okay in all situations. But if I were picking blue sky, I would probably first start with like, how magical do I want to be? Because D and D is a world where magic is real and like basically understood. And the, the classes kind of break down into like, very magical, a little magical, or not magical. And even then, even if you're not magical, like you can still get some like magical items and stuff. But as far as like, do you want to cast spells? Is is kind of like where I start. So like Enrique and Julia, do you if you were gonna play D D, do you think you would want to be casting spells or do you think you'd want to be more like a a person of this world? No, hell yeah. I'm I wanna cast some spells. Like, for sure. Okay. So, I you know what I don't really want to cast spells. I just I I love I love that guy in the alleyway that's going to tell you to go down the street and make a right, and that's completely wrong. Like I want to be the guy that a liar. I, yeah, like yeah. I, I want to be. I was I, I honestly was thinking about this all day today. Like I want to be the guy in the game that once you come across him in the game, you're like. Oh yeah, this guy's gonna screw me over, and I don't think okay, I, need, so you're I, don't a rogue. I need like. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like a rogue or a ranger, maybe a bard. Yeah, I just I just want to be like a trickster, you know. Yeah, you you said at the beginning that you wanted to be able to play a musical instrument, and that um, like that is definitely bard. The bard is a class of character in the game that either does like music or dancing or some like artistic skill. And like, that's like their source of magic. But if you primarily just want to be a dick, uh, rogue is for you, I think. And you can always add on, like uh, you get a, a class, a race and a background. So you can kind of mix and match a little bit and get different flavors. So there's okay. a background called like entertainer. So you could be a rogue with a background as an entertainer so that you get to like play a musical instrument in the game. You'll have proficiency with that. You'll also be, you'll get a disguise kit and like a, a couple things that work well with rogue, but rogue will give you all the, all the powers to do the like, uh, lying and persuading and convincing people and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I want to be. Cool. How will you, Julie, what do you have some sense of like what kind of character you'd be? Say it again. I'm sorry. Uh, I was asking Julia what, what she oh, thought for like awesome. what, what how her character would act. Oh, I really have no idea. Like, do you want to cast good spells? Do you want to cast bad? Do you want to be my partner and, and cast spells yeah. and trick people all day? So I'm not. I mean, I, I'm not a silly person. I would be. That is such a lie. 
<laughs> Julia's more like a scientist. I didn't say I was No, like, she's you're Julia's one of the funnier people I know. Right. I didn't say I wasn't funny. I said I'm not silly. I might be funny, but I'm very serious about it. Scientists are funny. Um that's okay. Um Okay, well you said you wanted to do magic. So the way magic is broken up across the classes, I, I don't even know if this is official. This may be my own take on this. All, all this stuff is like half my own personal opinion, so take it with a grain of salt. But the way I think about the magic users, the difference is like, where does their magic come from? Uh, there are several classes of of hardcore magic users in the game, and uh, like one of them gets their magic from their god, which isn't like the god we necessarily think of in America. It's like uh, some, you know, weird magical god. It's more like the Greek or Roman pantheon of gods, kind of. But, like, you can pick a god that's good or evil or tricky or whatever, and you can get, like, powers that go along with that. But, like, god is one way you get magic. Learning is another way you get magic. For someone who wants to play serious, a wizard is pretty good because a wizard is somebody who just, like, read a ton of books on magic and got good at it by hard study. Uh, there's a kind of magic that you get by entering into a bargain with a powerful creature. Like maybe you made a deal with a demon or you made a deal with a genie and you traded something like you owe them something. And that's going to be like a part of your character, but in return, they gave you magic. Uh, you can get magic by like nature. Sorry. What? I feel like that sounds kind of fun, like making a deal with a demon and then getting magic. Either that, though, or or like the nature one. I feel like either one of those is interesting. The nature one can be super fun. That's called a druid, which has nothing to do with like druids of uh, like actual world history. A lot of druids are very close to animals, and there's like a, there's specific subclasses of all of these things, but uh, most of them can like turn into an animal which gives you so many options because you can turn into like any animal that your character has seen. It gives you a lot of abilities. Cause like if you need to fight something, you can turn into a bear, but if you need to like crawl under a door, you can turn into a spider. Uh, if you need to swim somewhere, you can turn into a dolphin or in like all different kinds of things. Uh, so Druid is especially cool. They can all be played seriously or whimsically, but yeah, Druid or, or Warlock is fun. Warlock is the one where it's a, it's a deal of some sort. You give off druid vibes. I don't know, because I don't know if I like the idea of turning into an animal. I don't want to spoil the movie. This this isn't a spoiler for the movie at all, but I feel like if you have that skill, then you're obligated to use it all the time. And then it's like, oh, we need this. Turn into a dolphin real quick. Yeah. I don't know. But you're I'm not. The the great the great thing about D D is like you always have agency. Like, if you want to play your character as somebody who has that ability but doesn't want to do it, it's like Mr. T on the A-team. Like, they constantly have to fly places. Mr. T won't fly. So they have to keep coming up with, like, ways to drug him or knock him out to get him on an airplane or something. I, I think it could be really fun to have that ability and, like, the, the team is constantly asking you to do it and you don't want to do it. And you can make up some backstory. Like, you know, you're... You got super embarrassed in high school and you turned into a squirrel or something. Uh, you know, whatever it is, like you, you can come up with some reason for why you don't want to do it and then lean into that really hard. And then you can occasionally relent sometimes and like the team will feel good about it, but you can also put up a fight, you know, whatever. Like I want to use all of my 
powers because I just want to be conniving. I want people to come across and be like, God damn it, this guy again. I feel like you always, I feel like in any kind of, I feel like just in life general, whether it's like a, a fantasy life or real life, you always run across that one person that you're just like, God damn it, this fucking guy again. And I, I, I want to be that guy. So I'm going to use all my power. I want to play a flute. And then I want people to like make wagers against me, you know, kind of like, a, what was, was Rubble Silkin? Or like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, I want people to be like, oh man, I gotta, now I gotta go gamble with him to get some water so I can continue on my journey. You know, like I want to be that person. I just want to be an asshole in, in, in the game, but like nice, you know, not like rude, just like an asshole. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Basically like real life. Just kidding. I just don't play a flute in real life. Yeah, and the other thing to remember is that you you don't necessarily always do what you want to do. Like the the basic premise of D and D is like you say what you want to do, and then you roll dice to see if it happens. Uh, yeah, you could you could have bad rolls and be just a terrible con person. Right, right, but that's which but also that's, is funny. Yeah, that's funny. yeah, but that's but that's the thing though. Like that's why I want to do this because. I, it, it kind of reminds me of like Swiper from Dora. He just he was just real bad at what he did, and he just be like, "Oh man, that's kind of because that's funny to me, you know? Like that would make the game fun for me if like I this is who I want to be. But let's just say I just roll bad. I just roll bad hands every single time, and people get over on me. That to me, that's hilarious. Like you're the worst con man to ever be around. Like to me, that's hilarious. Totally. And, that's the and that's the kind of character I want to play because I feel like the second time around, you know, people might feel bad and be like, you know what, he's not that bad of a guy. He's just a really shitty con man, but he's probably a good guy, you know. And then you get over on me, and then I just look like an idiot. But like that's that's I don't know. That's the character I want to play. I mean, it's oh, worth yeah. trying. Yeah, that sounds man. fun. And you usually start off pretty weak, like when you when you roll up your character for the first time, like. They're not that good. And it, it takes them like a little while to get good at it. So you would, you like build up some cool stories in the process of becoming that guy. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy. Like, yeah, no, no, that, that, that's just me personally. I, I, so Pat, Pat did mention at one point, and I don't want to get too, too into it. Cause I don't, I don't know if you have to like uh, roll out, but. Pat mentioned you can bring one thing from the real world. I don't know if this is just no, a Pat thing. I don't know if he lied. No, no. It can be more than one thing, but, like, a lot of times real world, sometimes real world things, at least in, like, the few campaigns that I've played, end up just becoming in just canon, whether it's, like, by DM mistake or, you know, like, like, like you know, like, in the one, in the one I, I play, like, the DM just kept, like, bringing up, like, pastries and, like, coffee shops and, like, based everything off of Atlantic City. Well, I would, I would want to bring, actually, I don't know what I would want to bring, but I'll put thought into it and figure out what I would want to bring to help my character be a better and or worse con man. That's In general, you, you don't bring something from the real world. So Pat lied. No, I, I think Pat was talking about something more... Something more like uh, 
like there would be features from the real, real world yeah. that exist in this world. Like the yes. DM just messes up and said like, you went to a barbecue restaurant when like this is supposed to be set in the year 1000 or something. Uh, or, oh, you know, you, I see which. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. So I misunderstood Pat the first because he said something about pizza, and I guess somebody, I guess the, the the DM kept mentioning pizza, and I guess that's why they got pizza. Well, they kept trying to reject it, and then it eventually just happened. Okay, so then I'll just have to hope that they mention something, and then okay. Yeah, at the very beginning, when you asked me how I got into D and D, I forgot the other reason I'm, I got into it is because I listened to a podcast called The Adventure Zone, uh, which is like three brothers who play with their dad. And when they started, like most of them didn't know how to play and they were like learning it as they went. In that first game that they played, one of them named themselves Taco. And then the DM shut it down. He was like, you can be named Taco, but tacos do not exist in this world. And the guy playing Taco was like, what if my character finds all the ingredients of a taco along the way? And every time I find one, I'm going to make note of it. And I'm going to build a taco in this world. And that became like his secret side quest because they would just like walk into a place and it was like, what do I see? And if there was like ground beef in there, he was like, taco, that's a taco ingredient. I've got ground beef now. Uh, so like you can do weird stuff like that. Oh yeah. I'm definitely going on side quests. So Julia, what were you again? I'm taking notes. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if we ever actually said... I think we were, like, druid, maybe? Were you druid? We were down to druid or warlock. So it, so tell me more about the warlocks. They're the ones who make a bargain. I, I don't know all of the subclasses off the top of my head, but there are several subclasses which basically are, what kind of thing did you make a bargain with? So, like, if you make a bargain with an angel, you'll get, like, powers that are angelic in nature. Like you'll, you'll get the ability to heal people or you'll get the ability to like bring light into the world and that sort of thing. If you make a deal with like a demon, then you'll get like the ability to set things on fire or to trick people or something like that. These are like super general analogies, but there's like a few different types of things. So we'd probably want to look through the book and like see if any of those strike your fancy. Yeah. I, I'm definitely leaning towards warlock and probably... I feel like I want to make a deal with a demon. That seems like fun. Yeah, you want to check with your DM and make sure that you don't get too evil. It can be, it, it can mess up a party if like most of the party is good or neutral, but there's like a couple evil people. You run into these constant conflicts where like you can't actually solve problems and move forward because one person is like trying to be good and another person is undoing them because they're evil. That can be funny. It can also be hard to play. I, I, I mean, I guess I would be DM in this, and I'd be for it because, like, Enrique's character is like maybe not like a bad guy, but like leaning towards that way as a con person. So, oh yeah, if you're all going to be evil, then that's cool. Well, yeah, maybe like, Enrique will be like trying to be evil, but messing up and not evil. Yeah, and, then and, and you're like evil. I'm like the opposite. No, like I'll be good and then like kind of evil. Alright. So I'm putting you down as warlock. We'll worry about sub later. What about so we, we, we need your um was it race? Like if you're like an orc or dragonborn or dwarf or elf or Oh yeah, so I didn't even think about that. 
humans tend to be lame. Although if you're so like you know, in each one has like its its pluses and minuses. Right, right. So, uh, okay. So I'm looking through some of them. I wouldn't mind being like a half orc. I don't know if that's a I, thing. Stop me. I if think that's a thing, and I think that would be like f- funny to play as because they're not like the most charismatic group. So, like, as, like, a con person... I would probably have to be a human then, you're saying. No, no, no. I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I think when you think of, like, a con person, like, a rogue, you would think, like, human or, like, halfling or someone that's, like, charming, like a half-elf. Yeah. I want people to be intimidated of me, and then they come up and they're like, this guy's just an idiot. And we're going to wager against him. And then, but can I be a, is half orc a thing? I'm just looking at. Yeah. It is a thing. Yeah. Oh, ooh, awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. I want to be a half orc. They've also really lightened up on this stuff. To their credit, a lot of the racial stuff was like kind of questionable. Like basically the darker your skin was, the more evil you were, which wasn't cool. So they've changed a lot of those rules and it's not as, as uh, set as it used to be. So even if you wanted to be like uh, a a kind jovial character, you could still be a half orc and be that. You'd just be like Shrek instead of like something mean. So yeah, you you can be whoever you want, and you're not limited by the classic traits of that of that oh, race. Yeah. Also, but like I'm- each each one does get like pluses and pluses. Like I I know off the top of my head, I think half orcs are like naturally stronger they get like a plus two or three in strength there are rules to undo that though oh there are in the in the latest versions you're right that that's the way it was forever and ever in DD, and you can still play like that if you want but there are new rules that let you just like pick whatever and you get like one thing out of column a and one thing out of column b and you can basically make whoever you want be like that oh that's cool so then i'm a rogue half orc is that how it right. works? Like rogue is my class, right? Yep. And orc is my race? Yep. And can I wear a hat? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I don't see why not. All right. It won't do anything. Like, it won't have any mechanical properties. But yeah. No, and I we, just want a hat. It, if we were going to really play this, we might want to rework, like, the basic rules of what a half orc is to make it better for your character. Because I don't think the half-orc's strength or constitution are going to help a rogue very much. So you might want to be like on the weaker side of half-orcs, but more dexterous and more charismatic or something like that. I'm picturing Shrek. like Totally. Oh, yeah. I'll totally be Shrek. Yeah, man. Shrek was my idol. Like a Shrek that like is like down on his luck and like... <laughs> yeah, no donkey to help him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like that—that's also where the fun is. Like, you you would write the backstory of like why this character who happens to look like Shrek is down on his luck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I I'm in. So my class is rogue because of what I want to do, right? But then my race is half orc. What else goes into it? Is it just race and class? Like when you're coming up with a character sheet, you get a background. We talked about making you an entertainer if you want to have a flute. Oh, yeah. I want to be an entertainer. A rogue half-orc. 
down on his luck that just plays like the flute. There may be other backgrounds that give you musical proficiency too. We, if we were going to really do this, I would want to look through the book and see what other options there are. But I know the entertainer is one. Yeah, I, I might. I'm. I'll, I'll check to see which ones. I'll go with entertainer now, and we'll put a asterisk on it because I, I am curious to see what other things I can be that's going to make my character just, I guess, awkward. <laughs> like you, you, you would expect me to punch you in the face, but really I just want to like wager you in something. And when I lose, I just kind of like play the flute because I'm sad. And then I get ideas again to, oh, I want to trick this person, but then I'm just not really good at it. And so I'll see what my background. Yeah, I'll see my background. I'll check it. Cool. But I definitely want a hat. And for the warlock, um, again, it can be whatever you want. It, It just... I don't know how much uh, fantasy tropes you know, Julia. This is like very closely aligned with the Lord of the Rings. Like the the original uh, races from D&D were pretty much the ones from Lord of the Rings. Uh, so you got all those, plus it's expanded over the years. So I literally just got into Lord of the Rings, or like I'm just starting to. My friend actually just got married last weekend. Congratulations, Jess and Tom, but their wedding, yeah, their wedding was Lord of the Rings themed. So I had to like study to understand the lore of what was going on at the wedding. But, and I, I figured like, I've seen, there's like definitely some crossover. I'm, I'm, I looked up like the subclasses of Warlock and there's a lot. I feel like I would have to study this more to really get enough understanding to choose. Yeah, for sure. And you could do the same with the races the if you want to play the races like by their traditional stats, traditionally you probably would have wanted to be uh, probably a half elf or a dragonborn or something that has a charisma bonus because a warlock, the stat that they use to power their magic is charisma. And since you'll be doing a lot of magic, you want a lot of charisma or else your magic will suck and you'll have a sad time. But you, like I said, you can put those stats in anything now. So yeah, I was gonna say like when we get to that part, like next next time, like, and we'll talk like, because uh, I'm I'm down to to DM this. I think this would be fun, whether it's for this podcast or just for spare time. Because I think it would just be a lot of fun to do at least once and see where it goes. <laughs> I think it would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely down to potentially like start a campaign. Yeah, me too. I'm looking at different. Um, uh, the, 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 I'm looking at different backgrounds, so I'm I'm also really interested. It, yeah, it, 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 I think this could be fun, and like at least like the duality of you two, and I don't know, Chip. Like, if you had just off the top of your head, if you were going to be the third in this party, who would? What would did you pick? You see, you've got a person who can make magic, and you've got the the rogue. So, like, you imagine you'd be getting in a lot of trouble. Oh uh, yeah, I would be a uh, a fallen paladin for sure. I don't I don't remember what they're called. There's like a way to play a paladin who has like lost their faith and become evil, and that's what I would do. Nice. Yeah, for for Enrique and Julia, a, a paladin is like a fighter. Um, they're usually pretty strong and like good with a sword, and most of what they do is like classic hack and slash with my sword. 
but they have a little bit of magic. They have like a connection to a deity and they're like a holy knight. And in the old versions of the game, you, you had to play them as lawful good, meaning they had to like play by the rules and they had to be focused on good. In 5e, they lightened up on that. And now I think you could always maybe play as one who like broke their oath. Oathbreaker, that's what they're called. They're called Oathbreakers. Uh, all paladins have an oath that they must follow. And if you break it, uh, there's rules for how you play that. And you're, you're, I think you're basically evil. Or I would manipulate it to make it be like that. But yeah, I would be some kind of nasty paladin probably. And I, and I think that would like be a, such a good balance because you need kind of a muscle. Yeah. And, and like the paladin delivers that. Paladin is my favorite class by far. I love being a paladin. This does seem like a lot of fun. Like I'm really, I think I just never got into it because it's really overwhelming. Like the amount of like knowledge and, but there's potential here. I feel like we can, we can definitely do this. Like it, it, it felt overwhelming for me the first time. And then I was just like, you know, what? you just kind of pick something and then it just falls into place. I'm also generally overwhelmed like at all times. So it's pretty normal. This is real interesting because now I don't know if I went. I saw charlatan, and I don't know what the D and D definition of charlatan is. That's you, though. Yeah, I feel like I'm a charlatan. <laughs> That's all you. That's a good one. That's the background that my uh, my dungeon lawyer has. Is he a rogue charlatan? No, he's a warlock. I mean, uh, he's a. You can actually mix, and he is. He started off as a sorcerer. And then he kind of got associated with a god and he became part warlock. So he's a sorcerer and a warlock with a background as a charlatan. And my the thing I made up for him is that he's a lawyer, which works well with charlatan for me. I feel like I really need like a BuzzFeed quiz to figure this out. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> there's got to be some kind of like test you can take and it'll just tell you. I, I think the best thing to do it like is, is kind of this because like, both of your characters feel like natural to you guys. And then you just play it. And, and like, at least with my, my DM, he was like, look, if you guys hate your character and want to switch it, we'll just kill him off and then bring the character that you want. In. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool too about this, that I can just well, like to someone else. Yeah. It was just because like, in ours, like the one guy, he was tired of being a, uh, a bard. And he's like, I want to be like a tribe barbarian. So we, 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 we killed off the bard and it just happened to be, it was like, oh, the next town over, we like bumped into this barbarian and like we wrote it into him joining our squad. My friend Ryan is also a DM. I'll probably ask him some stuff about it. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to hop on, he can. He probably doesn't. He said I could ask him questions. Cool, yeah, and I, I think, like, yeah, we'll, we'll do at least, a, like I said, like a one-off, and we'll character shop this, and it'll be a fun time for all. I'm out, I'm out of, I got, like, all the notes I need for the future. Chip, thanks for, for coming on and lending us some guidance and chatting with us. Sure, thanks for having me. I say we, we cut this, and... See what happens in the future. Cool. All right. Thank you. For the D&D movie, right? Yeah, what about it? 
I wanted to ask, well, I might have asked you in the car, but we weren't recording in the car. What would you have done different to make it more enjoyable? I thought about it and it was enjoyable. Oh, you if have. I, but if I wanted, but like, it wasn't perfect. Like it could have been better. Like it was weird. Like it's like satisfyingly disappointed. And honestly, it's just the pacing. Like maybe like, um, I wish it was directed by someone else different. That's it. Yeah, I feel that. Like, you can take the same story, and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more at certain parts. Like, maybe cut this into, like, one and a half movies. And, like, and by adding, like, more elsewhere. But overall, it's okay. I wanted more from it. I did enjoy it, though. Like, I thought, like, I did enjoy it, and I also hated it at the same It's weird. Like, and I think, like, you know, I think it might have just been, like, mechanically how it was made and, like, some of the cast. Because I really like Michelle Rodriguez. I like the guy from Jurassic World and Pikachu Detective. I think, like, he was the perfect choice for that role. But also, like, maybe someone who's not, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Chris Pine just is, is it, doesn't do it for me. You know what? Jack Black. As who? Hugh Grant's role? No. As the bard, as Chris Pine. Yeah, I. So don't ask me why. I have zero explanation, but Chris Pine like gives me an ick, and I just really don't like him. Oh, it's his face. Yeah, I don't like most actors named Chris. Any any actor named Chris, not for me. I don't enjoy them. Chris Jericho, the wrestler. I don't know him. All right, so you don't you don't not like him. Also, this movie had, like, really bad wigs, and I'm going to bring it up every time I see a movie that has bad wigs. But, like, what are you doing? Who had a wig? Sophia Lillis. You sure that wasn't her real hair? If it was, that's fucking awful. Like, why does it look like that? It's the same hair she has in every movie. Yeah, but it looked so bad in this. So, like, what's the excuse? I think it should have been a long hair. The character... (laughs) The, the excuse is that's how her character was built when she rolled you're it. Tell, you're telling me she like wakes up in the morning and her hair just looks like that. She rolled the dice and the dice came up low number, so she had bad hair. I thought it was like whatever the last the multiverse of madness. I think it was whatever the last Doctor Strange. Movie, oh yeah, he had the most terrible wig, and I just for a Marvel movie that probably costs like I don't know billions of dollars to make. Why do I see the lace in his wig? I don't know. But that was just a bad movie to begin with overall. Yeah. I I feel like I point out the wigs, but I feel like that's kind of telling. Of, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess druids use hairspray in this campaign. They might. The girl was a druid, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was a druid tiefling. It, and, and again, like I admit, this movie just wasn't for me in any way. So I'm not going to like... I don't want to complain too much about it. I'm not the target audience. I don't know. I liked it. But I also like 3,000 Years of Longing, so maybe my... I mean, I would say that was better than this, just in my opinion, and I didn't like it. Okay. Well, I got you you to admit that it was good, so... Uh, No, I didn't say it was good. I'm saying I didn't like it, and this was worse. Okay. Fair enough. I didn't hate it. It's just like nothing happened. Fair enough. So, 
We didn't talk about ghost hunting, Pat. That is where we, we fell off. Yeah. Also, are we doing like an alien UFO episode anytime soon? Hmm. Do that whenever. I was going to say, I feel like Enrique's really <clears throat> sitting on this story, yeah. and I don't know when to tell it. Yeah. So is that going to be in a later episode, or should we do it now, since we have time? We do it in a later episode. Let's do it next week. What's what's up with the bracket? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Just... Yeah. Um, drum roll. Oh, man. Hold on. It's loading. That was my drum roll. Wow. Not surprised. Halloween wins. Is it officially closed? Yeah. How many votes? We have got. Well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go percentages. Percentages: fifty-eight point three percent with Halloween, forty-one point seven Candyman. So I say, we'll, well, Halloween wins. Good for. John Carpenter and the gang, Jamie Lee Curtis. We will look around and see which one's like streaming for free. And that's, I think, how we should pick. Well, no, I think we're supposed to watch the winner. Yeah, but which Well, one? yeah. Yeah, you're saying, yeah, like we've got a million Halloweens to choose from. We'll, we'll do a poll because, like, I know, like, a couple, like, I know, like, H2O is on, like, Paramount <laughs> Plus. Most of them are free on YouTube, just as, like, regular videos. Yeah, so we'll see, like, which if we can find the original for free streaming, then we'll definitely do that, because that's, like, the best one. But I'm also not against Halloween 3. I think it would be crazy. At first, I thought you were recommending we watch the Rob Zombie version, and I was like, you're wild for that? I hear part three is coming out of that. Is it? I thought that was a rumor. Well, I, I didn't see anything confirming. It is a rumor. I'm only here for rumors. You know what they say about rumors. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis's daughter's name, Rumor. Man, I don't even know her. <laughs> Me neither. So, all right, so Halloween won. We knew that was going to win. It was actually pretty close. I was going to say, we didn't know it was going to win. Yeah, I was gonna, I didn't know shit. Speak for yourself. No, I knew it was going to win. Halloween over Candyman? I mean, they were neck and neck up until the last Well, second. yeah, that's I'm what I just saying. said. That's also, also Candyman... Did a you know did a great job. It punched well above what I thought it would. I didn't think it was gonna get this far. Well, shout out Tony Todd. Yeah, I am a little and well, I am and I'm not because I feel like I feel like most people aren't fans of supernatural or paranormal movies. But out of those, Candyman is leans more. It's it's definitely a classic and it leans into like the slasher genre. So I think that's why it beat out. All of the other supernatural films. Yeah. Are we doing the Stephen King? What's the next bracket? I, I, I think we should start thinking about the Stephen King bracket. I have an idea for like the snack and appetizer bracket. That's just like for fun. But I really want to do a Stephen King bracket. So um, here's here's how I want to pitch the Stephen King bracket. And you know whether or not this makes it to the podcast is fine. But I think we should come up with a long list of maybe 32 Stephen King of our favorites. And then what we do is we pull for seating. Or we take submissions. We take submissions. We should probably take submissions. We should probably just ask like people like, 
Which ones? Name, like, Stephen King movies that you've liked. And... That makes sense. We'll ask for submissions, and then... The ones that... Yeah. The ones that, like, are frequently recommended will have higher seating, and then we will take it from there. Um, We'll seed them, and we will have that bracket live. Yeah, man. Sounds good to me. We got to figure out when we want to do the watch party for Halloween. We, yeah, we, we are now contractually ob- obligated. We will. Next. Yeah. yeah. We'll wait for this to be live to start planning. Like, whenever Enrique, uh, whenever this one gets uploaded, what we'll do is we'll start, like, we'll, we'll come up with dates and we'll put it in the text and just, like, shoot text to the people that we know who voted regularly and would want to attend this watch party. And then uh, we'll set it up over Discord, and um, we can all watch at the same time. It'll be on a free streaming service, so or one that, like, most people have. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's that fair. That works. And then yeah. for Stephen King, I would assume we're basing it on book and movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, if you haven't read the book, you have at least yeah, seen the movie. Yeah, it's like, so when we put in the titles, it's, in, like, use both in your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're making recommendations... Average them in. Yeah. Yeah. Just and if you've just seen the movie, that's fine. Yeah. And if you've just read the book, that's fine. I've read the book for Dolores Claiborne, but I've never seen the movie. I've never read a book a day in my life. Whatever wins, you should read. You, you're crazy. I'll do it though. You know. Hopefully, it's Carrie and not like it. I'll do it, not because I'm a pushover, but I'll do it. Cause you know nobody tells me what to do. But well, I mean, you are a pushover, but I'm not saying you're doing it for that reason. Yeah, no, unrelated. I'll do it. I'm not a pushover, but I'll do it. You are, but that's okay. <laughs> nah, nobody tells me what to do. So, next bracket, maybe instead of watch party, we do a book club. All right, I'm in. Okay, so book club it is for everyone who, for whatever reason, still reads books. Uh, we'll do the book party club thing. We'll read the books, you know, and then we'll get back with each other in six months when we're done reading the books. And I mean, I'm not saying you should, but it's perfectly fine to listen to the audio book as well. I might even do that. Um, I know not everyone has time to read. But you can listen to the audiobook at work or in the car. Is this a commercial? Not not sponsored by Audible. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Audible if you want us to We don't have a promo code yet, but you can probably get your first month for free. First month for free on us. No. You will pay for you... Well, there's a free there's a free um free month. People get free months when you first sign up. Yeah, so when you sign up for the account with your email, it'll automatically give you a free month, but just know that it's from us. It's from us. We hit Audible. Our fame reached Audible. We can even write Stephen King ourselves. Is he dead yet? No. Honestly, we'll, we'll just reach out to Stephen King ourselves and um let him know. You sure he ain't dead? Who's dead? <laughs> who's dead? A lot of people. Not Stephen King. Is Who's the other guy? I was actually planning on, I want to go to Maine. I don't know when, but I had like tentative plans, like some point this year, to take a vacation, and I was going to visit his house. Okay. Don't let him know he's coming. He hates that. 
Like while he's there at his house? Yes. Yeah, I was actually, I was, I'm going to knock on the front door and just see what happens. I believe you. Like, is that is like is that a joke or are you being serious? No, I was just going to like, no, because yeah, you can't mess with him. So I was just going to like get as close as I can, like at the gate. He's got a cool looking gate. Oh, okay. I don't know that I would want to talk to him. He's, so, kind, of, he's kind of a freak. Oh, well, I don't know if I would want to talk to him because I don't relate to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, not you're like, late. oh, you're a really good writer, but also, like, why would you write that? Yeah, that's true. And I don't need to have that conversation with him. I did tell you books are for psychopaths. Um, that's that's an interesting take. You can put a pin in that. Yep. So then, yeah, I'll have this episode up soon. So if you're still listening for whatever reason, I'll have this up soon. And by soon, it's while you're when you're by the time you're hearing this, just know that it probably took me, like, a long time to get it done. By the time you're hearing this, the episode will have been uploaded to the platform that you are currently listening on. Yeah. So if you're hearing this, then that means this episode is uploaded. And, yeah, anybody has any final thoughts? D&D? So I'm excited about... So before we go, I am excited about... I always wanted to be just, like, a scumbag, you know? But, like, a nice one. Like, a nice... Like, Shrek. I, I guess that's the best way they put it is... Everybody was scared of Shrek because he's an ogre, but Shrek was just a nice guy, you know? They yeah. just were scared of Shrek because he's an ogre. That's why I relate to Shrek. Because people are just scared of me. They didn't talk to me, and they're like, oh, he's he's okay. He ain't that bad. So I was related to Shrek. Shrek got a princess to turn into an ogre form. That is No, she was an ogre, and he just convinced no. her to stay an ogre. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> I mean, the movie is what it is. You can say what you want. But yeah, so I, I'm excited, man. I, I I really would like to see what kind of pickles I can get myself and people into. I do like pickles. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm that's why I'm the perfect person for this uh for this quest. Yeah, I have like an idea. I'm trying to I have an idea of just how you guys will all meet and and getting you guys on an adventure together. I got a few ideas, so Cool. All right, so no more final thoughts? I think that's it. All right, hit us up, d5dollarmovieclub at gmail.com. Hit or, us up. or just send us a text. Or just, know? yeah, just send us a text. But hit, the yeah. hit us up on Facebook, man. Facebook is on. I'm really bad at posting, but for you, I'll be better. Yeah, we, we got the Instagram. We got the Twitter. Yeah, Nobody man. follows us on there, but you can DM us. But we follow people, so it's yeah. official. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's it. It's a wrap then.